Today on In Grace, we're in Jerusalem to talk about the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Today on In Grace, we're going to take you on an epic adventure. We're going to take you to Israel to introduce you to some harp makers that are making harps that will probably be used in the temple worship, the rebuilt Jewish temple. We're also going to be taking you to a farm in the area that is near Jericho, where they're growing the balm of Gilead. And that hasn't grown in Israel for hundreds of years. And they're growing that in part for temple incense, as well as taking you through a temple institute there in Jerusalem, the people that are preparing the instruments and the priestly garments. We're going to go through that and talk about that, as well as talking about the red heifer, Uh, the red heifers that are in Israel and the property that has been purchased on the Mount of Olives. So all of this and more as we're featuring part three of the In Grace series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. I hope that you're excited about the end times and what God is doing to prepare our world for his return. First, he's going to return for the church, and then it's going to be this horrible time. The temple will be have to be built at least sometime during the tribulation period. It's a seven-year period started by a peace treaty with Israel, a seven-year peace treaty. Halfway through, the rebuilt temple is desecrated by the Antichrist, and then at the end of the seven years, Jesus comes back, his second coming. And we're, we're excited about this because... I have been redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm on my way to heaven. I don't I don't worry about all of these terrible things that Revelation predicts and Daniel and other books because I am saved and I don't have to worry about being under the wrath of God. So I hope, first of all, that you know that. Second of all, I hope that you have the resources you need to make sure that you are fully up to speed about what the Bible has to say about the end times, especially as it relates to the rebuilding of the Jewish temple. So that you can be equipped, I'd like to send you something for free. It's a prophecy chart that will really help you understand the panorama of end times events. You can get that for free from us here at InGrace by calling us or going to our website or writing to us. Call 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to our website, ingraceradio.com. Our mailing address is InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. We'll repeat all that in just a second. And all Also, I encourage you to get the full-length three-part series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple DVD. Now, you're going to hear the audio part of part three today, but I think you're going to want to see the entire thing. It's a really, really comprehensive video series that features a lot of animation of what the temples used to look like, what this one is going to look like, and uh, me actually being with that real red heifers that were flown over to Israel and taking tours of the Al-Aqsa Mosque and the Dome of the Rock 
Talk, you really should get this DVD video series. Now, you can get it on DVD or we also have it as a digital download. And when you make a gift of any amount to Ingrace, your gift is going to make sure more people hear the truth of God's word and the gospel. And we're going to thank you by sending you this video series, as well as the free prophecy chart. Now, for some of you that can give more, let me tell you about a really neat resource that we have. We've had an artist on the staff generate this beautiful portrait of the temple. And I have this on my wall. I absolutely love looking at the temple. And it has the Shekinah glory coming down as we know that in the future, there's going to be a temple, not just the third temple, the tribulation temple, but also a millennial temple. And so I love thinking about that. And if you'd like to get this, it's a canvas print that we've made for you. And we'd love to send that to you as well. That's for a gift of $150 or more. And when you get the canvas print, we're also, of course, going to send you the DVD series as well as the chart. You can contact us again. The phone number is 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE. And we also would like to have you maybe go to the website. The website's available all the time. The phone number is during business hours, but the website is 24-7, and that one is ingraceradio.com, ingraceradio.com. And if you'd like to mail to us here at InGrace, here's our mailing address. InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. These resources, I believe, are going to really equip you to be prepared for the Lord's return. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. In the last two episodes of our In Grace special, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple, we witnessed five red heifers journey from Texas to Israel. Their arrival was welcomed with joy and singing, and we saw how God instructed Israel to select a perfect red heifer kill and burn it, and use the ashes mixed with water to purify the nation in anticipation of temple worship. This happened nine times over the centuries, and curiously enough, there's a medieval rabbinical prediction that there will be a total of 10 red heifers. The 10th is predicted to usher in the Messiah. The Bible not only predicts the third temple to be built by the midpoint of the tribulation, but it also talks about another very large temple to be built in the future. The prophets Isaiah, Micah, and especially Ezekiel describe the millennial temple. As a matter of fact, Ezekiel devotes more than one-sixth of his writings to the description of the millennial temple. It was Ezekiel that tells us about the last time that God's visible glory, his Shekinah, was present in the temple. Just before the first temple was destroyed by Babylon, the Shekinah glory left the temple and went over to the Mount of Olives. From there, it ascended into the sky and disappeared. That presence of God on earth has reappeared, but veiled. The light of the world, born in Bethlehem, raised in Egypt and Nazareth, was crucified in Jerusalem. But the light was not snuffed out. For in three days, in dazzling brightness, he rose again. 
Eventually, he ascended into heaven from the very place where we last saw the Shekinah glory. He has promised to return at that very same place on the Mount of Olives. And from that point on, his glory, his Shekinah, will shine from Jerusalem and the Millennial Temple forever. Rabbi Hanan Hubietsky, you are very involved in the desire for there to be the third temple. Let's talk a minute about what is the red heifer. The red heifer is written in the book of Numbers 19, and God basically commands us to take a red heifer that has no blemish, that is uh, innocent in the sense that it never had a, a yoke on it, and that it is purely red, no white or black hairs. So uh, once you have this red heifer, you need to go not into the Jerusalem, but actually to the other side, to Mount of Olives. And there, the whole ceremony of the red heifer happens. Now, Moses conducted the first red heifer. And actually, the ashes from the ceremony lasted for over, almost a thousand years, 900 mm. plus years. From one animal. From one uh, red heifer. Mm. Rabbi Saki Memo was part of the group responsible for bringing the Texas red heifers to Israel. We know that the red heifer is not a, it's not a sacrifice. It's a ceremony. It's not a sacrifice. Sacrifice, part going to the God, part going to the priest, part going to the man that bring it. Right. So red, red heifer, heifer it's, it's not sacrifice. Totally destroyed. It's all of that burn. Burn and became to be ash. Mm -hmm. And this ash, you mixed with live water. And the ash, you spring on unpure people. We are here in the world for a mission. And this ceremony made in Mount of Olives, at the front of the Temple Mount, at the front of the Holy of the Holy, because Mount of Olives is the place that we know that when the Messiah will come, Mount of Olives will separate. Mm -hmm. The way to the temple is Mount of Olives. We believe that God, He has the power to do everything. In His way, He can build the temple from the sky in one Do you think that's in, what He'll in do? In one minute. Is that what you think? But, okay. but we believe that we have a mission and we have the power to build a temple. So we have to, to, to do what we can do. God will give the power. So we start step by step. And the first step is to find a red heifer, because if we are not pure, we cannot get inside to the temple mount. And the temple is the final stop. And we have to walk, and it's hard, and it's difficult, and it's hot and there is bureaucracy, and there is a Muslim that get against us, and there is a Christian against us. But again, look at the beauty, look at a half full mm. glass of water. Mm. And, and you can see. Yep. There is a great yearning for the temple to be rebuilt, and this longing is growing by the day. Even though there are many roadblocks to rebuilding the temple, the biggest, the Dome of the Rock, many are hoping to overcome the challenges and resume their worship on the Temple Mount. The Bible predicts that the temple will be rebuilt, then desecrated, just as the Greek king Antiochus Epiphanes did 
When that happens, the Bible predicts a time of persecution of the Jews greater than the world has ever seen. Many preparations for the Third Temple are underway. Not only have the red heifers arrived and the sacrifice location on the Mount of Olives been purchased, the priesthood is now being revived. By tracing their lineage to Levi and Aaron, a group of priests are currently training to resume the temple worship. Also, on June 7, 1967, an Israeli brigade commander made an announcement that the Jews have been waiting 2,000 years to hear. He said, the Temple Mount is in our hands. Inexplicably, Israel turned around and gave authority of the Temple Mount right back to Jordan. A soldier at the Temple Mount that day was Rabbi Yisrael Ariel. He served with the 55th Paratroopers Brigade, and after capturing the Temple Mount, a Jordanian guide gave them an amazing tour of the Temple Mount sites. After showing the Israeli soldiers where the temple would have been and the menorah and the other items, Rabbi Ariel asked the guide why he was telling them all of this. The guide replied, well, we have a tradition from our fathers and they from their fathers that one day the Jews would wage a war and conquer this mountain and rebuild the holy temple. And I assume that you're starting tomorrow. While they didn't start to rebuild the temple the next day, Rabbi Ariel did start an organization called the Temple Institute, dedicated to making exacting preparations for the Third Temple's rebuilding and resumption of the priesthood and sacrificial system. There's a lot of individuals and organizations that are seeking to rebuild the Jewish Temple, but there's none more important than the Temple Institute. I'm gonna walk through this museum and tell you what I've seen. <laughs> that was really amazing. To be able to see in the Temple Institute what they've been working on for all these years, they've done a lot. And the items that they have recreated are beautiful. They're exquisite. And all of them, they say, are designed according to the biblical mandates. For instance, they had in there the musical instruments that were designed and would be used in temple worship, including harps and trumpets and shofars. And it's incredible to see some of the pictures they had of the orchestra of worship in the temple using these incredible instruments. They also had been working very hard on the priestly garments, and they wanted to make sure that they were weaved correctly and the colors were right and they went to great pains to make sure that they were able to color these garments the way that the Bible told them to. One of the most impressive things that I saw was the garb of the high priest. And he had the ephod, the breastplate, with the stones of the tribes. Beautiful, amazing work that they did on that. We also saw the other instruments of the temple worship. Now, one thing that is interesting, when they revealed the Ark of the Covenant, obviously what they have in there isn't the Ark of the Covenant, they made the statement, we know where the Ark of the Covenant is, and when it's time, we will get it and put it into the temple. Now, <laughs> that's pretty incredible. Discover more about the Third Temple and its significance in end times prophecy through the incredible resources offered by In Grace and Jim Scudder. 
Start with our beautiful prophecy chart, delivered straight to you completely free. Plus, when you donate to InGrace, you'll receive the incredible three-part video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple, filmed in Israel. This series is designed to transport you visually and spark your curiosity about the pursuit to build the third temple. For donations of $150 or more, you will also receive a limited edition, original canvas print portraying the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. Contact InGrace today at 800-78-GRACE. Explore more on ingraceradio.com or mail InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Unveil the mysteries of the end times and the Jewish temple today. Years ago, my dad and some of the people in our church bought my mom a harp from Israel. At that time, I didn't realize that the harp makers had done something that had made international news. They had made the first David's harp in Israel in 2,000 years. Mika and Shoshona, what a wonderful opportunity is for me to meet you. But uh, you had this, this big fire uh, a year ago or so. It was a huge fire roaring up this valley. And when it got to our place, the wind changed. And it just came towards us and just uh, destroyed the place. The, the good thing is nobody got hurt, nobody died. That's incredible. I know. It is. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Heart making didn't exist in Israel for 2,000 years, three, you know, a long, long time. And how in the world did you all uh, start this back up again, the, the Harp of David? Okay. <laughs> I know it's a long story, yeah. but well, it's a good okay. one. Okay, so I just felt that I, my harp, my spiritual soul instrument was the harp, mm. but I didn't have one. So I said to my husband, who was an instrument maker at the time, I said, maybe you can make me a harp. And he said, <laughs> yes, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> so um, of course, nothing happened for many years and we traveled through the United States. And then we came to Israel. And at a certain moment, we were living in Tiberias. He said, I think I'm ready to make that harp for you. Wow. And so he just took some wood and he was, you know, experimenting really. Around the time that he was doing this, we found a, a book, like a archeology span book. Hmm. And in the book, one of the pictures was a cave in Megiddo, which is known more famously as Armageddon. Mm -hmm. And people inhabited it there many thousands of years ago. And on the cave was a picture, like one of those old thousands of year old pictograph things of a, of a harp at Primitive and a man standing next to it. Hmm. And he said, why should I make a harp from somewhere else in the world? I'm going to make a harp from Israel. And he started using that as a rough uh, diagram. And when he didn't even finish it, it was still in a place we were living. Um, a woman came by our house, a random, I, we didn't know her, and she knocked on the door and she asked, we had a lemon tree and she asked if she could pick lemons. So she picked the lemons. And after that, it was very hot. <laughs> and I invited her up to have some water. She sat in the seat. She saw the pieces of wood and she said, what's that? Mm. And he said, oh, it's really nothing. It's just, I'm making a harp for my wife for her birthday. She said, a harp, <laughs> a harp. I've lived here since 1942 or something. And she said, um, 
you're the, there's no harp here. You're bringing back the harp of David. There's no one here making harps. You're actually bringing back the harp of David. And we didn't know who she was or how she would have that information, but it turned out she was a, a journalist for the Jerusalem Post, which was the main uh, newspaper at the time. And she wrote an article called The Return of David's Harp. And that article went out all over the world. Did you have an idea that you were doing something so significant when you were building this harp? I realized that this was a, a significant uh, event for the state of Israel since it's the national instrument and it hadn't been seen for 2,000 years. Basically, we took the harp off the willows and okay, uh, so explain that. brought it back. You took the harp off the willows referring back to the Babylonian captivity. There's a psalm that says, uh, by the rivers of Babylon, we hung our harps upon the willow trees. And then uh, very soon after that time, the uh, Rob Ariel from the Temple Institute, he got in contact with us and he said, I want you to make harps for um, my museum, which will be coming. At the time it was a closet, <laughs> mm -hmm. but he had a vision of it and he was gonna do it. And that was the first thing that he, when he got donations, first money that he spent was to commission us to make a harp for him, for the Temple Institute. Another person in Israel that is doing something that hasn't been done for 2000 years is Guy Ehrlich. He's growing the Balm of Gilead and other ancient plants and trees near Jericho. These will likely be used as the incense in the third temple. Let's talk about the Balm of Gilead yes, because in 1 Kings chapter 10, it says that the Queen of Sheba came and brought Solomon in uh, the version I use. It says uh, spices, but in the original, it's this uh, balsam. In Hebrew, it's balsam. Balsam. So balsam. there is a, a thought that this was not just uh, a dry spice, but a, an actual plant that she brought and indeed, in the biblical text, there is the sentence, and there were no such a path, uh, both until then. Okay, so since thousands of years, this hasn't existed in, in this land for sure. For 1,500 years, it was not here, yeah. And now it is here, Something Balm of that, Gilead. Uh, that, uh, there is a general understanding between researchers that uh, this is the Balm of Gilad, this is the legendary Balm of Gilad. Uh, in the religious point of view, uh, Rabbi uh, Chaim Kanievsky, he was a very big ultra-Orthodox rabbi. He passed away a few months ago. He gave his approval to, to bless on, the, on, on my Balm of Gilad. Mm. It, means, it, it means a lot. Christians believe that Jesus is the Messiah and that he fulfilled the law and the prophets. Since we could not keep the law, Jesus did. Because Jesus kept the law, so can I if I walk in the Spirit every day. The Bible also teaches that we have a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. We as Christians have direct access to the Father because of Jesus. The veil of separation was removed and we are now the temple of the Holy Ghost, according to 1 Corinthians chapter six. From a child, I've longed for Jesus to return I've witnessed a growing wave of Jewish people praying and working for the Third Temple. 
And these events excite me because they seem to indicate the Lord's return is soon. With all of that in mind, thinking about the rebuilding of the Jewish temple, I come back to this. The most important thing is to know that you have eternal life. Jesus said, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What does that mean? That means to put your trust in, not a religion, not works, but in the one that kept the law perfectly. His name is Jesus, and you can receive him by faith right now. Discover more about the third temple and its significance in end times prophecy through the incredible resources offered by In Grace and Jim Scudder. Start with our beautiful prophecy chart, delivered straight to you completely free. Plus, when you donate to In Grace, you'll receive the incredible three-part video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple, filmed in Israel. This series is designed to transport you visually and spark your curiosity about the pursuit to build the third temple. For donations of $150 or more, you will also receive a limited edition, original canvas print portraying the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. Contact InGrace today at 800-78-GRACE. Explore more on ingraceradio.com or mail InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Unveil the mysteries of the end times and the Jewish temple today. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in next week as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.